Welcome to Sparkling Sparks, a podcast for anyone wanting a little dose of positivity and inspiration in their lives. My name is Magdalene, and this is where I chat with inspirational people sparking sparks in STEM, entrepreneurship, the arts, advocacy, and so much more. Find something that you love, that you don't mind doing it for the rest of your life, but it's just because the work just satisfies you, then go for it. I believe that even though as a graphic designer, you could be doing 50 ringgit logos right now, but there are also graphic designers who are designing Nike logos. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sparking Sparks. Today I'm here with Summer, who's actually calling in all the way from Malaysia. So do you want to tell us who you are and what you do, Summer? Hey everyone, so I'm Summer Kuzian and I'm currently a UX designer in an airline company called Asia. And after working hours and on weekends, um, I'm a designer, photographer, as well as a web developer, uh, serving small, medium companies in Malaysia. Mm, okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your life story? Like, how did you end up doing what you're doing today? So let's talk about photography first, yeah, because that was my first passion in life. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, doing photography when I was 15. Yeah, and uh, it all started because I was always a very expressive, expressive kid. Yeah, and I found out that through photo manipulation, I'm able to create different art and different story through photography. And um, from there, I started dabbing into the field of creative. All right. All right. Okay. And I start to take my own photos, okay? Mm-hmm. And that slowly lead me to design as well. Mm-hmm. As I look at more stuff on Pinterest, you know, people who inspire me, mm-hmm. uh, creators who are, uh, you know, very good at their job and they have inspired me in their own ways and that yep. has made me found uh, my way of expressing my creative juices as well. Right, okay. Then how about high school? How was your high school oh, experience like? Okay. When I was in high school, I wasn't that bright. I was behind in a lot of classes right, um, okay. in maths. Okay, mm-hmm. I got a 0.5 out of 100 <laughs> one right. time yep. in senior high, uh, my senior year in high school. Okay. Okay. And then, um, but one thing that stood out was we have a computer class yeah. every uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And in that computer class, we learn basic programming skills. We learn right. HTML, we learn CSS, we learn a bit of uh, logic thinking oh, and stuff. Okay. And that stood out to me the most because uh, for some reason, I was doing quite well in class. And for the yeah. first, people are actually coming to me for answers. Right. At, you know, back then, I was the one who was going to <laughs> and be like how do you do it how do you yeah. do that and yeah. be in classes you know and everything and I felt a sense of a, a first sense of achievement mm-hmm. and I did not stop there I brought it home as a personal homework and I worked on it mm-hmm. I got into different uh, small programming little uh, little stuff and right. I just had focus to try things out and I'll bring it to school and show the teacher wow. like what okay. I've done yeah, so okay. that was where I picked up my passion for computer science and right. IT in general. Okay, so you found your calling in high school for computer yeah, science and you chose to study that in university. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how was your um, university experience like, especially studying computer science? Well, uh, first of all, I remember the first day that I walked into the classroom. 
uh, I was in shock because it was 80 guys to eight girls. <laughs> wow, that's, that's such a stark difference. 80 yeah, guys yeah. to eight girls. Yeah, so that was my first impression of doing IT field in general because I took, uh, in my diploma, I took software engineering and mm-hmm. then I took computer science. So in general, that was my first and still my impression of uh, studying in, uh, in the tech, tech field. Okay. Now, given this very uneven gender ratio, did you ever experience any discrimination for being a female in tech? At first, yes, I do. People assume that because I wear cute hats and, um, you know, sometimes I dress like I'm ready to perform or something, no. people don't take me seriously as yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. And slowly, as the semester goes by and people start to know me more and know about my, the work I do, mm-hmm. people start to give the same vibe as I got from high school. You know, the like, oh, the achievement. Summer, yeah. yeah, this summer, um, I have this question, like, how do I, I feel the difference because the first time when I walked in, it was definitely not like that. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Well, how about internships? Because internships are one of the most like important things that students can do during their university time, right? Yeah. So I took only one internship mm-hmm. uh, through my entire university life. And that wasn't compulsory by the government and by the school. Okay. So it was a product manager intern yeah. in a uh, e-wallet company called Boost. It wasn't any IT related in particular, but it was about how to help through that I learned how to build a product Mm -hmm. how to come up with uh, features um, you know plan it with the UX team plan it with the developers team plan it with the whole company the marketing team and um, the product itself uh, in general Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the one that's having ownership to it you know so that felt different as compact so in that I tr- I learned a lot about soft skills in general right like I pick up a lot of because in uni you're just talking to people your age yeah and lecture yeah. but in a workplace my first touch of being in a real workplace mm-hmm. you are dealing with people that have mm-hmm. been in the workplace for a long time mm-hmm. right and that was uh, uh communication skills uh y- you know all these things were what I picked up yeah mm, right now, going back to computer science again and your uni experience, computer science is not easy to study, especially being a minority in the field. So are there any things that kept you going through your university years, like any women in STEM clubs or any support from lecturers or whatever? Yes, support from lecturers. Right. So we don't have any particular clubs mm-hmm. um, in my university, but um, my uni was very supportive towards students who have a passion of their own. Uh, if you have a, if you're passionate in mechanical engineering, I'm pretty sure they send students out for that as well. Mm-hmm. And if you see that you are, uh, you are going out of your way to learn more mm-hmm. about the field you're in, mm-hmm. they give full support. So right. my wow. lecturer saw potential in me, mm-hmm. and they send me out for competitions. They train me. Um, they so uh, they gave me classes. They even gave me a specific room just for wow. the team to oh. build our product in there. So right. yeah, it was really, really supportive of them. Like every every competition, if we have a budget, and they would definitely provide. So oh. I'm very grateful for that. Okay, now let's talk about design because you're now working as a UX UI designer in yeah. Asia. 
Yeah. So you studied computer science in university, and then now you're working as a UX UI designer. Is there、mm. any reason you chose to not work as like a software engineer, for example? All right, I have dabbed into the industry of arts.、Mm-hmm. I was fifteen,、mm-hmm. and I have been doing freelance even when I was in uni. So、right. I was doing design work and stuff. And I have, I just felt like when I was graduating,、yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, when I was two weeks to graduate, right?、Yeah. I asked myself, "Oh my God, it's the time to make a decision. <laughs> it's the time to ask myself what I really want to do in life, right? Yeah, yeah.、Um, I don't have that sweet honeymoon years of、uh, being just chilling and like,、uh, mm-hmm. okay, I'll figure it out later.、Mm-hmm. And I gave myself a very long time to just think about it, and I've come to a conclusion that." I love design.、Mm-hmm. I love tech. So、mm-hmm. is there a way that combine the two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and my past experience working as a product manager in Boost,、mm-hmm. you know, that was the third.、Um, what do you call that? It 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 it, it completed the whole circle and the whole process. You know. The tech, the design is there, and then the manage product management and product.、Uh, Uh, thinking is there. So、oh. three of three of these skills, um, I actually just、oh, okay. went to Asia and I applied without、right. what's the result. Okay. So, uh, that, you know, I would just say it's gonna. It it was a blinded. It wasn't a clear road ahead. It was definitely. <laughs> um, I was blindfolded and I was just walking, trusting the process. I was trusting it. I was just、yeah. walking through the 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 dark. Corridor whatsoever, and just trying to find my different doors, and it just so happened to got it, and I'm really lucky. I felt wow, so. Wow, wow. Okay. Um. So, did you know anything about UX UI design before you applied for this? Like, do you know how the job was like, the job scope, and everything? So, UX UI designer. This term itself is very new in Malaysia. Okay. Right. I'm not sure how it is in New Zealand, but in Malaysia, it's quite it's,、uh, quite popular. Quite a popular. Really?、Role. Yeah. yeah. Really new, like、um, in Malaysia, only the much more medium to big size companies、mm-hmm. will hire UX designers because the small the small companies would be like, oh, we don't really need this kind of skill. <laughs> right. How 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 it is in Malaysia. So when I started out uh, studying um, in tech,、mm-hmm. this keyword <laughs> never crossed. Right. And never crossed the street. You know, it was just it was just、uh, never popped up. And then in the last semester, we took HCI, which is human computer. Oh,、interactive. okay,、and、yeah. And also that point, a few, more, you know, a, a lot of people have told me that somebody can try out UX designer,、mm. and I was really curious as to why people would think this is suitable、uh, <laughs> for me. Yeah. Well, I did some googling, and I felt I found my calling.、Wow. You know, and、uh, in that HCI class, I tried my best to score, and I also tried to change. The track of my final year project to be、mm-hmm. more UI and UX uh, oriented, mm-hmm. um, uh, to base my study and to base my、uh, thesis on that,、mm-hmm. and um, I took that as a a golden ticket to Asia. Right. Okay. What do you find most satisfying about working as a UX UI designer? All right. The first phase of doing the design thinking. Is actually to understand the problem、mm-hmm. and to know your users. Yeah. Later on, we figure out a solution,、mm-hmm. 
and then we test it with the user and there you go. Those four steps, simple steps that I just mentioned, yeah. all of them are my favorite part. <laughs> okay? oh. <laughs> you like the entire part. process. Yeah, I like the entire process because knowing the problems, it's just so intrigued to find those data. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, I don't do the data digging. Uh, we have a data analyst team in Asia. And then I would see this data and I would be like, why is people not doing this? Why are people mm-hmm. not going into this page? Uh, why is our job over so high? And with this problem, I, my team and I, we would try to brainstorm, we would try to analyze, mm-hmm. uh, we would try to ask some other users, we would try to look in other apps mm-hmm. and try to find a common ground as to what could be the real problem mm-hmm. that's causing our product not to work uh, as we have thought. So, so right. from there, we would try to come up with a simple solution, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we brush up the experience for the user? How do we make the process enjoyable and mm-hmm. uh, I mean I remember my teammate he has a goal to okay. check out to allow the users to check out on the Asia website in just three seconds Ooh. right so that it's um you know instant checkout and how do we make that process easier for user right you know, that it's what makes it so enjoyable you know if you have done programming or if you've yeah. done it of coding you would know that you're constantly just trying to solve problems mm-hmm. right and that part of it was brought forward to this uh, ux process which i felt so empowered you know as a designer if i was to focus myself as a graphic designer yes i'll be solving client problems i'll be solving design problems but this very um uh what i call that this logic thinking it wouldn't be so emphasized right right? yeah 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 in design so i was very very um happy with my choice of right so your your computer science degree gave you these skills and problem solving logic thinking and this has helped you in your uxi um role as well Mm. do you think the kind of problem solving is different a little bit yes you have to Think of, you see, when you're doing just development work, right? Mm-hmm. You're just thinking from the bug, you know, the code itself perspective. Yeah. But when you're doing UX, you are managing a few kinds of problems. You're managing uh, the business problem, mm-hmm. okay? the product problem, mm-hmm. and the user experience problem. And also sometimes the tech problem, right? Oh. So let's say if the tech is not feasible, yeah. what can be other ways we can make it less shitty for a user. Right. So that's the problem that we need to solve. And okay. as a UX designer, sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm not the most uh, uh, senior one in my team. Mm-hmm. I would sometimes, uh, you know, when, if I don't apply logical thinking to the process, sometimes I'll get, mis, you know, uh, carried away yeah. and just focus on outlook. Okay. Yeah, and um, missing some of the processes, and let's say my 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 boss will ask me, "Why is this button? Where is this button going to link to?" You know. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just um, as a as a dev- developer and as a UX designer, we have to think on the whole general piece. The big picture, it's yeah. Flat. it's not flat like a graphic. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. It has so much depth. Yeah, the- there's like many layers and components, and yeah. it's all merges together. To be one big thing. Okay. Now let's talk about graphic design then. I noticed that you make a lot of Instagram filters. You make a lot of stickers and everything. They're so cute. And how do you get started doing this? It's it's all part of uh, 
being in love with uh, doing interaction work. So right. uh, if someone actually asked me, because, you know, I, I just talked to you about my background, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree in UX design, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I learn as I go in my work. Yeah. Okay? And so when someone asks me, what are you, what do you identify yourself as? I would say I'm an interaction designer, okay? Oh, okay. So interaction designer, they design a human and common interaction. Yeah. Right? So that is UX and that is also filters, right? Mm-hmm. So filters are something that I felt uh, in this current digital time. It's very embedded in yeah. everyone's phones and their <laughs> mind and everything. And some people can't take a selfie without a filter. So mm-hmm. I will think to myself that this, this Spark AR thing, okay, yeah. Spark AR is actually a platform to create Instagram filters. It's very interesting, okay? Mm-hmm. And and it, I find it as the bridge between the human and computer and I like to design that process. Right. So with that in mind, I started doing my own research. I do my own learning and stuff and I managed to get a few I uh, get I managed to get one of it published last wow. month right yeah yeah I remember wow. using it actually it was the, the oh, beauty thanks. filter right oh, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't remember it went viral it, it got 13 million impressions 13 million. in the first oh. five months so oh. it was quite, it was quite impressive and um, yeah clients start to come in and okay. it was so it, it, it was it was a very weird experience for me mm, because mm-hmm. I've been doing photography I mean since 15 graphic mm-hmm. design since 17 nothing new has came my way you know what I mean right. like I wasn't doing something new okay yeah. graphic is always if you want to do this logo you want to do name cards you want to do posters it's always this stuff and then when I start to work in you know designing filters it's just so it just felt so different right it felt like a new thing you know okay. like I'm learning a new skill right so, Mm-hmm. And so and so you mentioned that clients started reaching out to you. Yeah. And I think this ties in nicely to the next section that I want to ask you about, which is freelancing. Because really? you have so really? many talents and you do a lot of freelance work, right? How do you find the clients? Do they come to you or do you like advertise your work anywhere? Okay. Um through my high school and my college years and even right now, mm-hmm. I actually don't put my freelance first, right? right? Because I either have school I have my uni or I have my, you know, full-time mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So I don't really reach out to clients. Right. Okay. I don't particularly try to create a poster and advertise myself. I don't mm-hmm. run ads mm-hmm. and it's merely word of mouth right. and also sharing my experience online right. and letting and creating a impression in people's mind. Right. right. So yeah. when I go out and I meet people and I introduce myself to them, I would say, um, hi, I'm a graphic designer, I'm a freelance, you know. And then you would it's it's hard to believe that two years down that route, that person will call you up. You know? <laughs> I just remember that one conversation in yeah, summer. Just, she does this. Yeah, it's just it's just something that um it's really to me all all in all in God's hand. Like I never yeah. tried wow wow but okay i would really love to take this full time mm-hmm. one day and uh, when i felt that i can really get myself a, a studio mm-hmm. you know and then try to uh work on 
try to work on my different levels of skills and try to get people into my team and stuff like that. Yeah. And I see that coming. This is definitely going through time. Right. Okay. And I think one of the most difficult things about freelancing is setting the price. <laughs> so yeah. how do you go about setting price for your work? All right. When I started, I was charging uh, 50 ringgit. I don't okay. know how much is that in in, in your currency. <laughs> how, how, how much is that? I think divided by three. Oh, if, okay. if it hasn't changed. Not sure if COVID has affected the exchange rate though. <laughs> so what, how, let me, let me just do it. Okay, yeah. What would 16 New Zealand dollars do? Wait, in, yeah. 16 New Zealand dollars? Yeah. Oh, what would 16 New Zealand dollars do? Uh, you can buy a lunch with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just a lunch money for what one month or two months work. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it was definitely not worth it back then. But right. as I go along, I start to charge more. Uh-huh. Um, but when I started out, I was really doing it for portfolio. Like I you to know, build out I your portfolio, right? Yeah, I wasn't having any um, you know, this is not my uh full time job, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. So it was just like hey, if it has client if there's people wanting to reach out to me for my art, why not do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I start at 50 and I go 100 and I go 200 and I go 300, I go 400 and I go wow. 1,000. So it was really building up and um, putting up a price when you feel comfortable. Right. Okay, you, have, you yourself have to feel comfortable with that price. Mm. If you're not comfortable with charging 50 like I did in the past, then don't start with it, right? Do yeah. Feel like your art is worth two hundred. Go ahead, right? Yeah. I'm not. You know, I I always tell people it's if I say fifty, if someone I, always someone is, there will always be someone coming up to me and say, Summer, how how much should I charge for this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, young designers and stuff, and I will always tell them that just charge whatever you felt like your art deserves. Right? right, right, right. So it's it's all about like just knowing what you're worth what you're comfortable with and then as you start doing this more and more you get to build it up and increase the prices as it goes yeah and I felt like putting up a price like you said is always the hardest task Mm -hmm. because it felt like a gamble to me (laughs) yeah sometimes um I uh I could undercharge or I could overcharge I could overquote a client and Mm -hmm. the client like okay this is too much for the work that uh it needs to get done so you know it's just finding the right balance between you and yeah. okay now speaking of clients how do you deal with difficult clients i felt like uh it's always it's gonna it's gonna happen right you're gonna meet difficult people yeah um, and the only way i would usually do it is not let it affect my uh, your work you know, my, my, yeah my my own work on my emotions as well okay but i do this very very young right when mm-hmm. i was 15 and 16 mm-hmm. and back then when someone say really bad mean stuff to me yeah. i would cry you know <laughs> i would be very very and i'll feel demotivated with my yeah. heart and stuff. so as i grow up and stuff like that and i realize that i'm not going to let these people affect my mind mm-hmm. affect my mindset and affect my art mm-hmm. so i always uh just try to hang on you know uh I mean, there's so many difficult situations, so I cannot just pick one and explain. But I'll always just hang on, finish the work, submit it, do my best, you know, pass the file to them, mm-hmm. you know, make sure the money is, uh, you know, being taken care of, transferred and stuff. And then I move on, right? I will right. not proceed to work with them. And mm-hmm. um, I always think that it's always uh, the communication problem. 
that triggers all of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. they will assume things and I will assume things. And um, I just want to say it out to all the designers or whoever that's freelancing. Mm-hmm. Just always have a well-documented docu- uh, communication. So let's say um, your down payments, you know, your, uh, your terms, uh, whether your files will be given to them, all these things, it should be written down mm. as a form of communication. Right, yeah. Is it like a brief? Yes, a brief okay. or a payment term or a contract or a quotation, whatever it is. You know, sometimes I, I mean, one of the experiences I've dealt with a very difficult client, right? Yeah. Was that uh, she wanted to do a logo. Yeah. It was like four years ago, right? And I still remember it. She wanted to do a logo <laughs> and I did it for her. And then later on, she ghosted me for like three months. Wow. You mean, you, like, do you submit the files? Yeah, I, I gave I gave her the PNGs or whatsoever, and then she said she didn't like it. She didn't like it, and then she just ghosted me for three months. And I mean, it's design, right? It's not yeah. like I created a cup, and you know, it's 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 that you know, I, you could have said something, and I could have yeah. offered or whatsoever. Yeah, but she just decided to ghost me, right? And I I didn't know how to handle this kind of stuff, right? Mm. So I I called a few friends that know her and stuff like that, and. Um, try to work it out and she paid me half of the total amount oh wow that put things off i'm not sure what happened maybe her business doesn't go well as well as she thinks it would okay. be so she didn't wow. want to do the logo Dang. wow okay yeah i think but we can't control what happens to us but we can control how we react and how we respond to it uh, and yes. i think you've taken yeah. a very mature viewpoint a very mature stance because um you don't want to let it affect you as a person and your work. Just move on after it's done. Yeah, I mean, that's I could, I could really, you know, do a podcast on all. <laughs> yeah, it's just you just start your own podcast. Yeah, it's just too many, man. Like today, I just got um got to know bad news as well, and oh, I have really? to find a way to to solve the problem. Okay. Um, it's, it's <sighs> about freelancing. It's, um, I mean, not to demotivate anyone. Yeah. But freelancing, um, it's really, uh, really bumpy, right? Because you're mm-hmm. on your own. Unless mm-hmm. you have worked in a company before, uh, mm-hmm. agency or whatever. Um, when I started out, there was no guidance. Right. Okay. And again, the work is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> People who made it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and also, last question. What inspires you to keep going then? My passion. Your passion. Your passion yeah. for your work. Your yes. passion for life. Yes. Your passion for people. Yes. I <laughs> came from a very bad family background. Mm-hmm. My childhood wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just as I say, in high school, I also wasn't the brightest kid. So I was really... I sometimes, you know, when I was uh, 15 or 14, mm-hmm. you know, 13, you know, that kind of age range, I always felt like shit. You know, I felt like I don't, you know, I just, why am I here, right? And after I found out that I can, I know I love photography and I love design and I found a reason to mm-hmm. keep moving on mm-hmm. every day. And even if one day, something really bad happened to me and, uh, you know, I would think of the future, mm-hmm. you know, I always think that there's so many things I want to do mm-hmm. and 
I can't give up now. You know, it's yeah. really my pure pressure, uh, passion. Just pure passion. Yeah, it keeps okay. me going. So every time when someone asks me, I don't know what to do after graduation. I don't know what course to pick up. Um, I'm lost. You know, I always ask them to try to find something that you love, that you don't mind doing it for the rest of your life, that you don't mind doing it for no money. But it's just because the work just satisfy you so well, then go for it, right. right? Because I believe that even though as a graphic designer, you could have been, you could you could you could be doing fifty ringgit logos right now. Yeah, yeah. But there are also graphic designers who are designing Nike logos, right? Who are designing Adidas logos, mm-hmm. are earning millions of bucks. Yeah. So in that. And with that mindset, I felt um, in Chinese there's a word called "hang hang zu zhuang yuan." It okay. means um, in every field that's gonna be someone. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. You know, uh, this reminds me of the concept of ikigai. Have you heard of this? Yep. Yeah. So that means like, so like to those of you who are lost in. F- just like finding what you want to do in life, like what course you want to study or what career you want to have. There's this concept called Ikigai. Um, it's a Japanese concept. And essentially it's like there are multiple segments. So some of them are what you enjoy doing, what you're good at, and what can help you to make money. And so you find something that has all of these things overlapping. And that's essentially like your calling. You guys can probably Google it to find a more thorough explanation. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's a very, very brief overview as to what Ikigai is. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I only got to know about this like one year ago. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's to me. Mm-hmm. But when I saw this, I felt I felt like I can relate to it mm-hmm. because it just speaks out to me, you know, the whole passion thing, the mm-hmm. whole why am I here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, find your why. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there is. I, I'm, I'm so happy that that I found it. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think that's a nice place to end this episode here. Um, do you have any advice to anyone wanting to pursue their passions in life? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Even if, even <laughs> your parents or your current skill. Yeah. Okay, I think, I think one thing that, um, always, uh, stops someone from pursuing mm-hmm. their passion is that they felt like they are not the best in their, mm. in, in, in that field. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would just say in whatever you're doing, really practice makes perfect. Right. Yeah. So just do it. And if you can't do your passion full mm-hmm. time, like me right now, mm-hmm. then try to find a place where you can still, uh, you know, get a sustainable income yeah. and do it during your free time. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So in that, just try to build a portfolio uh, build up all all the things uh, that's required mm-hmm. to get your full-time job in that and then go for it you'll right. get it really. you know I always ask this question at the end of every interview with people I ask them what advice do you have for people wanting to pursue their passions and I've asked people in New Zealand US and now Malaysia and the one answer that they always give me is to just do it so and that's very true yeah that's also going to be my advice to you just do it you know the best time to start is now just get started on it earlier and you'll thank yourself in the future 
But yeah, thank you so much for your time, Summer, and being on this podcast. I really enjoyed listening to your stories and all the advice that you gave. And thank you to the listeners as well for listening to yet another episode of Sparking Sparks. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye.